Hi, this is Adrian Paul, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hello, this is BT Edney. I played Heather in the original Highlander film, and you are watching Highlander Rewatched. This is Andy Armstrong. I was the second unit director, directing the action units in New York on the original Highlander, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hi, this is Anthony Delonges, also known as the Davio Consoli, from the Duende episode of Highlander, and you are listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Grayson. I played Amanda on Highland of the Series and the spin-off called Highland of the Raven, and you are listening to Highlander Rewatch. Everybody involved with Highlander has stories, and they're great, great stories. This is John Mosby, the author of Fearful Symmetry, the essential guide to all things Highlander, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Ken Gord, producer of the Highlander Series, and you are listening to the podcast Highlander Rewatched. Hey, this is Stan Kirsch. I played Richie Ryan on Highlander, and you are listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Clay Boris, director of Highlander, the TV series, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Gillian Horvath. I helped write Highlander Endgame and Highlander the series, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Martin Neufeld. I played Lieutenant John Stan in Highlander 3, The Final Dimension, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hi, this is Andy Morahan. I'm the director of Highlander 3, The Final Dimension, and you are listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hi, this is F. Bron McCash. I was the Swordmaster fight choreographer for the Highlander television series, series 3, 4, 5, and 6, and the fourth movie, Highlander Endgame. And you are listening to the Highlander Rewatched podcast. Good on ya! Hi, this is Donna Leto. I was script coordinator and associate creative consultant on Highlander the series, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. Hi there, Highlander fans. This is Richard Martin. I directed nine fabulous episodes of uh, Highlander, the TV series, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. Listen often. This is Edwin Itzy Atkins. I was the production manager on the original Highlander film, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Christopher Lambert. And you're listening to Highlander Rewatch. And don't forget, there can be only one. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And welcome to a very special episode. You click the link. You know what this is. We are waiting patiently to for a call from the Highlander himself, Mr. Christopher Lambert. Hey guys, how you doing today? Uh, I, I dare say this might be the specialist episode of Highlander Rewatched ever. I think a very, very special episode. Double very real get. And That's I mean, right. we're well, I'm going to thank you, Keith, for setting this up, but we also have somebody else to thank for bringing this to life, don't we? That's right. Uh, we would like to thank uh, Kareem, the director of new media at Davis Panzer Productions, for uh, being a big help in helping us set this up. Uh, we really appreciate everything that you do for us there. And yeah, so big shout out to Davis Panzer Productions and Kareem uh, for putting this on. And 
yeah, we, we're really excited about this. Um, and so for a lot of you out there, this might be your very first Highlander Rewatch podcast, uh, which is great. So welcome to the fold. All right. So this might be your first time listening to Highlander Rewatch podcast to check out uh, our interview with Mr. Christopher Lambert. Um, so to tell you a little bit about us, Kyle, why don't you tell uh, the listeners what the Highlander Rewatch podcast is all about? So if you haven't heard... The Highlander Rewatch podcast breaks down a different facet of the Highlander universe each and every week in excruciating but hopefully funny detail. We go blow by blow through the movies, comic books, and primarily the television series to bring you the highlights, the lowlights, the funny bits, the philosophical questions, and everything in between. And every once in a while, a actual person involved in the production of Highlander graces us with their presence. And this might be the, uh, the, the white whale of them all. You got Christopher Lambert. That's Lord right. Brayton himself. That's right. So who else have we uh, interviewed on this show? We should kind of give a little rundown on uh, the other special Chronicle episodes that we've got uh, for listeners out there that might be new. Uh, we've got B.D. Edney, uh, another star from the original Highlander. Adrian, Adrian Paul, Paul, the TV. The, yep. Yeah, at, at this point, it might be faster to, to list the people we haven't got. <laughs> That's right. There's, we got Adrian Paul, the Highlander from uh, the series. We've got Peter Wigfield, a.k.a. Mythos from uh, Highlander the series. We've got Stan Kirsch. We've got B.D. Edney. We've got, who else? Andy Armstrong, second unit director. We're even going deep into the production uh, talent, give, bringing you real behind-the-scenes stuff. So you won't want to miss it. Also, you'll probably laugh a few times along the way, I like to think. That's right. Yeah, and if you're a big fan of Highlander 1, we've got a, I believe, seven-part series uh, covering the first movie and uh, and subsequent sequels. We have, uh, I think, our Highlander 2 podcast is what? Uh, five. Five episodes long? So pretty cool. Uh, if you're into Highlander and this is all new to you, check those episodes out and make sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using because uh, we'll up give you updates free every single week. Yeah, so right now we're just waiting for Mr. Lambert to call in. What are you excited about in this interview, Eamon? Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing how he's doing during this time. I uh, want to hear any behind-the-scenes tales he might have about Queen or, or Sean Connery, two of my favorite things in life, Sean Connery and Queen. <laughs> um, so it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but not in a way. Interesting. Very good. Only it's two. He's he's only one degree separated from each of those things. Yeah, one uh, degree away from Connery and Queen. Yeah. How about you, Keith? Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited just to see what Chris brings to the table. I think Chris is like a really fun guy. Uh, at least that's what he seems to be in interviews. Uh, and his on-screen personas always have that kind of uh, quirky, mischievous edge to them. And I have a feeling that's pretty much what he's like in real life. Uh, so I hope we get into some. I don't know, some cool personal stories and just uh, see his own brand of humor and that sort of thing. I'm excited to hear a little bit about Mortal Kombat, personally. Because, yeah. I don't know, as a kid, I think everyone our age has a memory of like going to a birthday party or something like that that involved Mortal Kombat, which in retrospect, may be an irresponsible decision to send children to a movie that involves like people <laughs> ripping spines out. But, I mean, I'm glad it happened. It was, you know, I'm very curious to hear about it. Hey, you got to learn about getting your spine ripped out sometime. That's right. Yeah, if you don't learn it at home, you're going to learn about it on the streets. Yeah, so. facts of life, guys. On the streets. Uh, 
So while, uh, while we're waiting for Chris to call, we've actually got a challenge out there for all our podcast listeners. So um, as part of our celebration of Highlander 1 and our interview with Christopher Lambert, uh, we're challenging all our listeners to make sure they go to the official Highlander Instagram page and subscribe. So you can find that on Instagram, and it is highlander.official on Instagram. Again, that's highlander.official. And the page has been really active now. They've been posting all sorts of cool behind-the-scenes photos, production stills, uh, a lot of stuff that you might not have seen before, and they're really high-quality photos. They're great. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And they're almost close to hitting the 1,000 follower mark. So we need your help to help push them over the edge. So do it now. Do it. I believe in you. That's right. And this is, yeah, that's a good account. It's not. It's a solid follow. Yeah, it is a solid follow. It's not the pictures you've seen a million times before. That's right. This is the good stuff yeah this these these pictures you can't find on a google search for highlander these are <laughs> deep cuts from the archive like yeah. legit so it's pretty cool and we've done it we've we've done that google search yeah. that's right that's <laughs> where do you think we get all this highlander knowledge <laughs> all right guys well i think it's just about that time so chris should be calling any second now yeah. here we are hi guys hey, hey chris hey chris how are you how's it going great can you hear us you're well Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just fine. Welcome to the show. You know, second time's the charm, I like to think. All right, great. All right, well, why don't we kick uh, it off by uh, asking how you're doing, Chris? Uh, what, have, what have you been doing during these kind of weird times we're living in? How is quarantine going for you? Mostly reading, watching TV, watching movies, uh, uh, going shopping for food. Nothing special. It's a long it's a much too long vacation. Trying to respect what governments are asking us to do. Is it hard for you to maintain social distancing when you go to the grocery store or something? Are people like coming up to you and like demanding to take a selfie or something? <laughs> yeah, some people, the cops, the cops, for example. <laughs> when they stop us to see if we have the right one to be traveling, uh, they say, ah, hey, Mr. Lambert, can we have a selfie? <laughs> so it's the same as the supermarkets or, but it's fun. It's fun. People are so nice. That's good. You know, I feel like I have a hard enough time keeping people six feet away from me and I'm not famous. I'm not hypochondriac, so <laughs> I still believe I can do a selfie, not close but like with a separation, we can do a selfie. That's very but, nice of you that you're still uh, being considerate of all your fans during this time. Yeah, of course. Do you uh, have any advice for your fans slash our listeners about uh, what, they, what they can do during this weird time as we all uh, muddle through? I think we all do the same thing. Means we could be reading, we could be writing, we could be uh, watching TV series, a movie, which is basically what I'm doing. Sometimes, depending, because uh, I'm, I'm staying at my friend's partner's house, and he's got a beautiful garden, a beautiful swimming pool. So, you know, just relax and try to distance yourself from this idea of being confined and take the time to think about other people, yourself, regroup because of the reason you just can't regroup completely. Regroup yourself, center yourself on yourself to try to make things better 
when we got gigantic. Well, that sounds like sage advice for for people at home. Find find a a, a little space where you can uh, feel safe yeah, and secure. It's, it's exactly that. Is refine yourself. That's a pretty profound statement, Chris. What does that mean for you to refine yourself? It means that focus on yourself to focus better on other people. Focus on what you are missing when you're constantly running from left to right. You're taking 50 phone calls a day, if not more. What time are you wasting and what part of you are you wasting? Those are good questions. As someone who I feel like I waste so much time, (laughs) that's probably something I should be asking myself frequently. Uh, One thing I forgot to mention just as a uh, housekeeping thing at the top of the show, as a reminder, we do have the explicit tag on our podcast, so, you know, feel free to swear. You can say whatever you please. And actually, a fun question we sometimes like to ask our guests is, uh, what what is your favorite swear word? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's a strong choice, a bold choice. What makes you pick it? It's so much in the language. What the fuck are you doing? Where the fuck are you going? What the fuck did you say? Uh, Why the fuck did you do that? It's it's like it should be, and I hope it is, in the dictionary. (laughs) Yes, it depends on which dictionary. Fuck me. Uh, (laughs) Wow, this is... This is so fucking beautiful. It's everywhere. I like the last example you gave because that, you know, you can use it in a positive context too, and it's still like, it still hits home. It's not a one-trick pony. No, of course, of course. Any word, but this is probably the most common word that people are using, but any word could be used in a positive way. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's a great segue into uh, a movie we consider fucking awesome, which is one of your breakout roles in Highlander. So, you know, obviously our fans are all over the world. Uh, Highlander has this incredible worldwide following. Unlike, you know, a lot of other movies up until recently, uh, have we seen kind of a, a fan base that's so international. Um, so can you tell us about how you got the role and what was kind of the most exciting part of filming that movie? So I got the part after Grace Dolk. The script was sent to me. I just had finished Subway. So the uh, director had seen Greystoke, had not seen Subway from Luc Besson at the time. Uh, they sent me the script. I love what attracted me to Highlander is the romantic side of the movie because I believe immortality is highly romantic. So I love the action, still love the action, even though I'm not doing the same action movies today that I was doing before, I was attracted to the romantic side. And every movie I've been making, the romantic side of a movie attracted me more than just the action. That a hero has got to be romantic. What amazed me uh, and still does today about Highlander is it's a real cult movie because it went over three generations and it's about to cross the fourth one. And it's very rare for a movie. You can name very few movies that go over three generations. What do you think it is 
about Highlander that gives it that cross-generational appeal? Like, what, what lightning in a bottle do you think it captured? A combination of love, action, and an amazing score by Queen that's still actual today. Queen's music is so unbelievable in Highlander. The album called It's a Cat of Magic was one of the biggest selling albums of Queen. You got to film the music video with them, Chris. Uh, that must have been an incredible experience. Can you tell us about meeting Freddie and the band? Well, we did with it two clips together, and it was it was fucking awesome. <laughs> because, <laughs> because we had a private concert for 40 hours for about 15 people. It was a very small crew. It was the band. I met Freddie. He was a great guy. Very complex, not complicated, complex, but highly professional. And the same with the band. But what was amazing is to have, I was on stage with him. And when I wasn't on stage, I was just watching Queen for the smallest private concert ever. That's pretty incredible. I'm just picturing like their sound can fill up Wembley Stadium. So just being in a small space, getting a private concert from them must be amazing. Yes. And then the opposite, as you said, is that months later, I went to Wembley. Oh, and so, you, so you go from 15 people watching Queen on stage to 120,000 people, and it's a culture shock. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that the romance was really uh, important and what kind of drew you, part of what drew you to the role. Um, what was your onset chemistry like with, uh, you know, the two main love interests in it, uh, B.D. Edney and Roxanne Hart? Roxanne was colder in the sense that she was coming from the east of the state. So she was a little colder than Beauty, who was English and uh, was very attractive, was very attracted to Beauty. <laughs> as a matter of fact, with a big romance during the movie. Both actresses were great to work with. I'm just saying on a human level, I was more attracted to Beauty than to Roxanne. You've you connected with a lot of other stars on set, too. I mean, your, your friendship with Sean Connery has become the stuff of legend, I think, uh, that came out of that film, correct? Yes, absolutely. And, what, what do you uh, think was it that made you two hit it off so well? Because I believe when two simple people meet and they remain simple and they don't create a gap in between them because Sean is a movie star, and I'm a star, and so we don't talk, we just work on the set. No, we're just friendly. You know, somebody, when I met Sean, and somebody with so much experience, with the status of a huge movie star, and he was so simple, so why would I be different with three movies under my belt? I believe big people, big, big stars, are very simple people. Interesting. Yeah, I, I it's always it's always the frustrated it's always the frustrated actor that's that's nice. So for some reason that's even cooler with Sean Connery because all of the characters he plays are so tend to be so larger than life or are ice cold like James Bond. You know that he's a real down to earth guy is kind of heartwarming. Well, we can use that word again. He's fucking cool. 
<laughs> That's exactly what Sean is. He is fucking cool. He can be playing James Bond. He can be playing the man who would be king. He can be playing the Highlander. He's a cool guy. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you got, there's a very interesting, uh, I guess, reconnecting Highlander uh cast in the movie Hail Caesar, which is one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. And if our listeners out there haven't seen the movie, we er urge everybody to check it out. But uh, was that intentional, your reconnection with Clancy Brown in the movie uh, Hail Caesar? Did the Coen Brothers talk to you about that? No, because what was interesting is that I did my bit with Josh Brolin and Channing Tatum. So I just had that scene with them. I never met Scarlett Johnson. I I met uh, Ralphine or Ray Fiennes, mm-hmm. whatever he calls himself these days. <laughs> um, so it was really a movie made of bits and pieces. So I never saw Clancy. Do, do you think the Coen brothers were aware of your work, though, together on Highlander? Do you think it was intentional that they cast you both in the same movie? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. What a cool coincidence. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they were aware of Highlander as a movie, but I didn't think they made the connection between Clancy and myself being in their movie. So what was it like working with Clancy uh, Brown on the the original Highlander? Obviously, you both were asked to, to send in very different kinds of performances in that film. What was it like acting off each other? Clancy and myself, Clancy was more like a character actor. means to stay in character. He couldn't be too close to me because I was the guy he was meant to kill. Oh, so he he's, was like a method, the whole time. he's like a method actor. That's going to so be a tough character we, to stay in, we, in role. When we, the, never, we never were really close or friendly. That doesn't mean he was bad. That doesn't mean he was mean. That doesn't mean he was pushing me away. But with very few meetings, very few conversations, except on set, but he was trying to stay away from me because in the movie, as a method actor, I was the enemy. So Clancy is that type or was that type of actor. This is intense. <laughs> which, which, I, I I completely, which I completely respect and understand. Other uh, Highlander villain actors are like Mario Van Peebles. What was your relationship like? you cutting off. Sorry, I didn't get that. I'll repeat it. Eamon was asking, what was your relationship like with Mario Van Peebles in, the, in Highlander 3? Very close. Very, very close. close. So a very different relationship shot, than Clancy Brown. I shot, I shot a movie called uh, Gunman with Mario before Highlander 3, and we're very good friends. That, that I think, must say something uh, about you, Chris. It seems like you uh, make a lot of good friends with the people you work with. Yes, all the time. All the time. Uh, with the crew, with the cast, without being pretentious, I'm very easygoing. means I always understood, even in my first big movie, which was Grey Souls, and we were like 600 people on the set, I always understood that we were trying to make a good movie all together. So it's not because you were the lead actor that suddenly you're going to have some pretensions. No, we're all on the same boat trying to make something to please the audience. So from the grip 
to the camera operator, to the producer, to the director, to all the actors. We're all on the same boat trying to make a good move. Uh, you have a, a very famous laugh. Uh, is that part of how you connect uh, with people on these film sets? I don't know if you know, but a, a lot of people uh, consider your, your laugh to be your trademark. Some of the fans think that my laugh is my trademark. Some other fans think my eyes are my trademark. Me, I don't think I have a trademark. I'm just myself. <laughs> when you say your eyes, do you mean the kind of intense look that you're able to use in uh, films like Highlander and Greystoke? Journalists or the fans called a stare. <laughs> so, Christopher, uh, of all the Highlander sequels, besides the first one, which I'm sure was probably the greatest to make, uh, of the sequels, which one was your favorite to film? I think the order should have been one, three should have been the sequel because it makes sense because nobody, no, no fans wanted to know where the immortals were coming from. So three, <laughs> the discovery by an archaeological team of three mortals being buried for 2,000 years made sense. So one, three, four, and two. Now, obviously, the, the, the fourth one got you starring kind of opposite the television show cast. What was it like working with your TV counterpart, Adrian Paul? Great, 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 great guy. Easy going. Uh, great. We have a great, great relationship. Yeah, the, t the two of you on screen together is really something special. Uh, I think, you know, your appearance in the, the pilot of Highlander, the TV show, uh, is a large part of why it was a success. You know, you bring uh, a certain gravitas to the screen, and you and Adrian were great together. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think it was a great match to the original uh, Highlander for the TV screen. It was fantastic. Now, Chris, as we know, your character in Endgame, uh, Connor, does fight the big one and dies. Uh, if, is that how you would have uh, written the story? Or if you had to rewrite Connor's ending, how would you like Connor's story to have ended? I think it was very noble yeah? from him to give his life to make sure that the bad immortal that was coming, which was Michael Payne, was sure to be killed. So for that, Duncan needed Connor McLeod's additional force. So it was a kind of way of saying goodbye to the part, but not goodbye to the fans. They're obviously constantly kind of in talks to, to bring Highlander back. For the last eight, nine years. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now the uh, Chad Stelheski, the, the guy behind John Wick, is reportedly attached to it. If you could have any kind of role or cameo or something like that in a in a reboot, what would you uh, what would you envision? I have no idea. You should ask him. Um, <laughs> I think I think the director John Wick's director is a great choice. He's very visual. I think the most difficult is to find a story that is far away from Highlander One because you cannot basically. If I was a director. It's like when they did, and it's not, I'm not attacking anybody, but you don't do a sequel to Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner is Blade Runner, and my God, the director who did 
Blade Runner 2047 or 2049. My God, is he talented? But it's not a movie you can touch. It's a masterpiece. And without going over the top, I think Highlander 1, adding Queen's music, is untouchable. That right. is very true. It is it is a singular type of movie uh, that could never have come about in any other way, uh, except at that time and place. No, but don't forget that visually, while some okay, is still very actual today. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of directors are copying Russell's style? They still study. Uh, I, we saw, so I've been told some professors will even show uh, a lot of the opening garage scene because it kind of changed the way people film action sequences and the number of cuts that are employed. So there's like, you know, there's a lot of artistry there. Yeah, it's true. Now you actually are also starred in a, another movie that uh, is actually very near and dear to our hearts, which is you were in the Mortal Kombat movie, which for people our age is, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird warm memory that we sometimes go back to. What was it like working on that film? It was fun. It was a lot of fun to finally do an action movie where I didn't have to exercise for 10 or 12 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I could just fire some thunderball with my eyes and uh, beat people with that. <laughs> That's right. the way to do it. Were you aware of Mortal Kombat before you did the movie, uh, or did you play the game? Yes, I used to play the game much before I did the movie. And what's funny is that I'm going to be waiting in Mortal Kombat 11, the video version. I'm going to be waiting, and I'm gonna. It's going to be my voice. Oh, awesome! Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> you, you, this is. Uh, Chris, can I tell you a quick anecdote? Uh, I was just talking to my girlfriend yesterday, and I was telling her that, you know, your your portrayal of Raiden was kind of like the Raiden of my childhood. That was the one I always remembered. And then they kept making video games, and they had different actors playing the voice of Raiden. And I was telling her that I would get upset every time it wasn't your voice. Yeah, but on, on, on the MK11, it's like my voice and my face. That's great. I'm so excited for that. Is it yeah. a little surreal then when like you see that character get a fatality or something? Do you feel, do you feel personally attacked? Yeah, in some ways you have to if you want to make it believable. <laughs> That's great. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask uh, one other question. Okay. Uh, a lot of people connected with Highlander all seem to have a really good story about Bill Panzer. No, but Bill Panzer was a fantastic guy, great human being. So passionate about Highlander. Very good. Um, I was going to say, before we wrap up, I, was, uh, I wondered if you had any, just a, a message to the fans that are all over the world. Uh, you know, they're all probably stuck in their houses right now. Um, is there just anything you'd like to say? Any well wishes? Uh, just a friendly greeting or anything? For one, stay confined. Take your time before you come. Go back out. But cheer up because we're coming to an end of this coronavirus. As an actor, I'm so glad with all these fans all over the world. And I wish you my best from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Well, Chris, before we let you go, uh, there's only one more thing I want to ask of you. And at the top of our show, uh, we have this cool montage where all the stars of uh, Highlander and the TV shows and the spinoffs uh, all kind of give a little introduction. And we were curious it would, you know, knock our socks off if you did it for us because uh, you're the man. 
Um, I was curious if you could say, this is Christopher Lambert, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched. This is Christopher Lambert, and you're listening to Highlander Rewatched, and don't forget, there can be only one. Yes! That was awesome! Yeah, that was awesome. That made Thank our day. So that was much. so fucking cool. The theme of this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, my nerd senses are tingling. Well, right, thank you. Great. This was such a treat to talk to you, Chris. Uh, we really appreciate it. We know our fans are going to appreciate this. Uh, and, you know, we're all in this together. And it's great to hear a friendly voice of something we've all grown up loving give us some encouraging words during this time. So we'll let you get back to your evening. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to you. Yeah, we appreciate it so much. Take care. Okay. Bye, Chris. You Stay safe out there. Bye. Bye. Wow, guys, that was great. Holy smokes. I'm still vibrating. You probably can't hear it through the microphone, but I'm generating a light buzz. Yeah, the immortal buzz. Yeah. That was pretty exciting. We just got to interview Christopher Lambert, right? Like, mind blown. That was great. Yeah, like, who no. are we? Yeah. <laughs> who are we? We're nobodies. We're nobodies. <laughs> Not we anymore. <laughs> now that we've talked to Lambert. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ride his coattails to stardom, guys. Mm-hmm. So that but was really fun. So cool. Yeah, a very gracious guy. Um, we should mention, um, this is our, our second attempt, um, and he was very nice to, to do a, do a re-up. Just the Zoom over international waters is a little tricky, so I'm really glad we had a, a redo, so to speak. Yeah. Yes, the first time we were plagued by technical issues that just made most of what we captured kind of unusable. Right. But he's such a, as he was putting it, just a genuine down-to-earth guy that he was more than willing to come on back and give it a second go. And it was super cool. I'm glad, I'm so glad he shared that with us. Yeah. What were some of the things he said that like really struck a chord with you guys? Was there anything that stuck out that was new or funny or? Well, I don't know. I'm blown away by the fact that he is the voice of Raiden again. I love it. I know. I, think really I, did, cool. I had not heard that. I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's widely known and I just haven't been following it. But holy smokes, that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally going to have to get Mortal Kombat 11 and like use his hat to cut someone in half or something like that. Is it weird that that's making me want to get the game? Like the game looked pretty good. And I was like, oh, it's cool. It's a Mortal Kombat game. Now I'm like, I got to get it. Chris is in it. I'm, I'm with that too. I'm like normally a Street Fighter man. But, uh, you know, this might tip the scales. I actually really thought it was uh, interesting that like Chris was a big fan of Mortal Kombat before playing or before portraying Raiden in the game or in the movie, excuse me. Yeah, that's kind of wild. You know, I also loved kind of hearing about him teaming up with Adrian Paul and Sean Connery and just hearing a little bit more about the onset. Yeah, and uh, Christopher Lambert doesn't seem to have an issue with uh, the way Connor uh, is dispatched in Endgame, um, which I I don't know if I was expecting him to have a different take on it. Uh, I know fans are pretty divided on that move. Um, But uh, as he said, it's a, a, a noble move on Connor's part. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. And, uh, oh, I was, I, I was very kind of smitten with the fact that Clancy Brown was just in character the whole time on set. <laughs> like, that's kind of amazing. Because it seems like uh, Chris is able to build connections with most people. And what stops him from doing so? The fact that, like, this guy was continuing to play this, like, raging lunatic when the camera <laughs> stopped rolling. Like, that's kind of amazing. So, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us this episode. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we totally encourage you to uh, subscribe or check out our Facebook page. There's all sorts of, you know, cool pictures, memes, video clips, uh, all sorts of stuff, and plus links to episodes we've released. Um, 
Yeah, there's four four years of content, a little more for you waiting in the archives there. Um, yeah, if you're bored during this quarantine, that's hundreds of hours of content for you to consume. Don't yeah. binge Tiger King again. Give us a <laughs> listen. I yeah. think we have currently, what, 220-ish episodes? It's a it's lot. Yeah. yeah. So we there's have... plenty of stuff out there for you to listen to, uh, and it's all about Highlander and some snack reviews in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the hard-hitting stuff. If you want more Lambert content, we talk about the first three Highlander movies. We haven't gotten to end game yet. Soon. But yeah, no, you've got easily 12 plus hours of content right there talking about those movies. Right. Highlights, the lowlights, the Mario Van Peebles, all of it. Yeah, we talk about symbolism. We talk about cinematography. We talk about behind the scenes trivia. It's all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's kind of your one-stop shop for Highlander stuff. And jokes. Don't forget there are jokes. And jokes, yeah. We always have a good time about it, too. Yeah. And then we, are, we talk about, we're up to season six of the TV show. So there, we talk about every single episode of the TV show. So there's lots for you to listen to there. Uh, if you haven't heard us and want to want to visit the TV show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the time has never been better. Time's also never been better to follow our friends over at Highlander Official on Instagram. So head on over to Instagram. It's Highlander.Official. And uh, they've been posting really great production stills and behind the scenes photos from, uh, at this point, you know, what, 30, um, 35 years of Highlander? Thank you again to Kareem uh, from Davis Manzer Productions. We really appreciate all the help uh, and support you've given us over these past, you know, four years while we've been making this uh, podcast. And this was a a big, uh, I don't know, this is a triumphant moment for us here. This is really cool. Yeah, guys, we've peaked. Right. Big, big get. This is right. the biggest get we could possibly get. And of course, thank you to Chris for spending the time to talk to us twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice. I mean, Chris Chris was really active in setting this up, which was really nice, and we appreciate it. And uh, it was very generous of him to give his time, uh, especially when, you know, things are kind of stressful out there and, you know, you might want to do your own thing. And uh, But he was great for him to reach out. So we appreciate it. it. Awesome. Um, so thanks again for listening this week uh, to the podcast. We're going to be back next week with another uh, special kind of quarantine edition of uh, our podcast. We're doing things a little bit differently until we can get back into the studio and give you guys the show you deserve. Uh, so we really appreciate you hanging through there. And, uh, you know, our hearts are out there with everybody uh, during this tough time. You guys have anything else you'd like to add? Wash your hands. <laughs> that's right. Slow Actually, that's something day. I appreciated. Uh, Chris said, uh, you know, he was, very staunch about, you know, everyone, we got to do our part. And as he said, the, what the government is asking you to do right now is the right thing to do. So, <laughs> you know, we can all take that to heart, right? Very good. Roop, roop. Thanks, this everybody. Uh, be well. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Bye.